Welcome back to A Squared, the weekly podcast where we bring you all of your NCAA and NFL betting picks. Week in, week out, it's week four. I'm your host, Adam Turner. We do have an empty chair here in the studio today. Angelo Esposito could not join us, but I do have in my hand the golden ticket. I've got his picks for the week, so I'll make sure that I publish those to all of those subscribers out there. Let's talk quickly, as we always do, about last week. Last week was a dumpster fire, not only for us, for everyone except the Vegas books, right? Vegas cleaned house last weekend, but everything I've seen, every 1-900 number that you call, everything you subscribe to, every podcast out there, no one had a good weekend out there last weekend, and we're no exception, right? We published seven picks. One was a teaser. We threw that out. We went one and five. So that puts us overall at 12 and eight on the season. Still looking good, 66%. Again, we told you last week we're not going to ride that 11-3 and record with an expectation of continuing that, maintaining that throughout the year. We came back down to earth a little bit, but hey, just made us double down on our research this week, and we are ready to go. So we're going to dive right into it with what is probably the game of the weekend, and that is Michigan traveling to Wisconsin for, on paper, uh, one of the biggest conference matchups on the day with conference play starting pretty much across the board. This is a feast of a game where I think not only is it a good place to make some money, it's a good game to sit and watch to start your morning at 9 a.m. So I'm going to give you five fun facts here about the game. You can go in the direction of where you think my pick's going to be. But here it is, Wisconsin, last four games at home against Michigan, they are 4-0, 7-2-1 against the spread in their last 10 games with Michigan. Michigan, on the other hand, 0-6 against the spread in their last six games overall, 0-5 in their last five trips to Camp Randall, 1-5 against the spread in their last six road games. What else do you need to know? The Badgers will control the clock. The Badgers have the size up front to control the line of scrimmage. They're going to run the ball, look for Jonathan Taylor to go off. I don't think anybody can stop Jonathan Taylor, not Michigan, not Ohio State, not Nebraska, not Penn State. Nobody else in that conference is going to be able to stop him. They control the clock. Michigan plays from behind the entire day. This sits at minus three right now. I've seen it as high as minus three and a half. I think you take this, you run with it. Wisconsin runs away with this game. Michigan trails throughout, and they come away with a two-score win easy. Next up, you got Auburn traveling down to College Station to take on Texas A&M. Look, both teams have had some tough competitions already already this year. Auburn's played Oregon. Texas A&M has played Clemson. The only difference is Auburn came out with a victory over Oregon. Texas A&M had a good first half against Clemson, kept it fairly close. In their next, uh, in the second half after the adjustments, Dabo made better adjustments than Jimbo did, and uh, Clemson came out victorious. So I look for this game to be fairly close, too. I like Auburn to keep it close in the first half. I like Gus Malzahn to make better adjustments in the second half. I like Auburn plus four in what is a tasty, tasty SEC matchup for this weekend. Keeping it in the state of Texas, we've got Oklahoma State traveling south, 
down to Austin to take on the Longhorns. Longhorns, again, coming off a tough, tough loss to LSU. Those of you that watched that game, not only were you happy that you had the over, but you were probably probably happy that you had the LSU plus the six and a half. Again, one of the, the lines that we promised as they came with a seven-point victory. But a great game to watch, a fun game to watch. I also watched the Oklahoma State-Oregon State game, which was a few weeks ago. Not only have we told you to fade the Pac-12 for the rest of the year, but let me tell you, Oklahoma State went up there and struggled in the first half. They played a bad Oregon State team in Corvallis, and they didn't run away with that game until the second half. Now, yeah, they scored points, but against that Texas defense, I think points are going to be at a premium, at least for the Cowboys here. I think Texas runs away with this game. I've got them in power rankings at about minus 11. They're sitting at minus six, minus six and a half right now. I think you take the Longhorns. I think you take it to the bank. I think you get on your horse and ride, and the Cowboys go back into Stillwater with a tough road loss here. Let's keep it on the West Coast, and let's go with a game that you might think is a little bit under the radar, but it is one of the oldest rivalries in college football. These two teams have met 110 times. And, of course, I'm talking about the Battle of New Mexico. The, the Battle of I-25 is going to take place in New Mexico. This is New Mexico State traveling to New Mexico. Uh, 2016 was the last time New Mexico State knocked off the Lobos at home. Hey, you say to yourself, that was three years ago. That was a 30-28 to 28 win. Let's talk about this game, though. New Mexico right now is minus four and a half. Last year, they came out and just demolished New Mexico State 42-25 at home in Aggie Memorial Stadium. When I say at home, I mean at New Mexico State. There were some key, key uh, stars in that game that are still on that team. I'm talking O.J. Clark. I'm talking Javon Ferguson, Josh Adkins. I could go on. Jason Huntley. Adkins threw for 168 yards and a touchdown. Huntley finished with 87 receiving yards including a 58-yard touchdown. I think New Mexico has too much offense for New Mexico State to handle. This line currently sits at four and a half. I see no problem with New Mexico taking this game early on, having the lead at halftime, and obviously securing at least a touchdown, if not a two-score victory in the end. Uh, I love the first half at minus three. I love it overall at minus four and a half. Lastly, let's shift gears to another under-the-radar game. And, of course, I'm talking about the golden flashes of Kent State. You might say, hey, Kent State, who have they played? Well, frankly, let me tell you who they've played. They opened their season at ASU. And as an ASU season ticket holder, let me tell you that that was a tough game for the Sun Devils. The Sun Devils were up. 3-0 at halftime. That's right, 3-0 at halftime. We're talking 3-0 Arizona State. We're talking the team who defeated Michigan State last week, 10-7. We are talking about a Sun Devil team that right now looks like one of the better teams in the Pac-12. Kent State hung with them on the road, and this was early in September. And let me tell you guys, the heat in early September, even for a 7:30 kickoff, is unbearable. Unbearable in Tempe. 107 degrees at kickoff. I think the lowest the temperature got by the end of the game was 103. Kent State hung in there. 
took a tough loss at ASU, but they're back home. They are playing Bowling Green. Bowling Green is not a team worth even following. I have Kent State at minus 21. Current spread is at minus 11 and a half. Here's what's interesting. This opened at seven and a half. Sharp money is what's moving this line. The Sharps are betting heavy on the Kent State side. It's all the way up to 11 and a half. If you don't get it tonight, you might have to pay 12, 13 points to get it tomorrow. I love Kent State. I'm not scared of the 11 and a half. Golden Flashes take this game by two to three touchdowns. Lastly, I want to talk about one more sharp money game. And I'm just going to, I'm not going to give you a pick. I just want to talk about sharp money for a second. San Diego State's at home at plus four and a half. Utah State, last year, one of the Cinderella's of, of the West Coast, one of the Cinderella's, frankly, of the Mountain West Conference. They are traveling to San Diego. They're taking on the Aztecs in what looks to be a trap. I think the average better sees this game. I think they see Utah State minus four and a half. I think they easily say to themselves, huh, Utah State's the better team. Check. Utah State scores more points per game. Check. Utah State beat San Diego State last year. Check. Uh, Both teams returning at least 15 starters between offense and defense. You've got a situation on your hands here where a lot of the squares are taking Utah State. I'm going to leave you with this. This line opened at six and a half. Squares aren't betting in this late night Saturday game between Monday and Thursday the week of. This isn't a game that's jumping off the page like Michigan, Wisconsin, where a lot of the average Joes are walking up to the counter in Vegas and laying hundreds of dollars on San Diego State. So ask yourself, why did the line move from six and a half all the way down to four and a half by Thursday? If the average Joe ain't betting it, who's betting it? And when you answer that question and you realize who's betting it, you'll know exactly where to put your money late night, Saturday night, just in case you need to get even for whatever reason. There you go. Thanks for tuning in. Again, we're up to 19 subscribers. I want to thank every one of you for subscribing to the podcast. Loyal listeners, we love all of you. Make sure you tune in next week for episode five of the A Squared Podcast.